you have your Bibles, find your place in Matthew chapter number 6. And good morning to all of you. I'm Pastor Mike. We're honored to have you. If you're a guest with us today, and to all of you who are a part of First Baptist Church, welcome this morning. We continue to look at these very important words. Teach us to pray. The disciples said to the Lord after they heard Him pray, teach us to pray. And so we've come to this portion of God's Word for many weeks now listening to what the Lord has to say to us, instructing us in the disciples' prayer. This is how disciples pray. This is how followers of Jesus pray. And so I'll ask you to turn to Matthew chapter 6, and then also, after you found your place there, I'd like for you also to find your place and just put a mark there in Psalm 45. Find Psalm 45 also. Psalm number 45. Psalm 45, and uh, put your marker there. In a moment, we'll look at it uh, together. And then also we're here in uh, Matthew chapter number 6. We also come to the table of the Lord today. I remind you as we come to the table of the Lord to prepare our hearts uh, so that we might receive the, uh, the supper of the Lord in such a way that is honorable to Him. Matthew chapter 6. We'll read together. So the Lord Jesus is saying now to the disciples, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. Verse 5. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, disciples, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So <clears throat> do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Now, verse number nine, pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then our phrase is the closing of the prayer. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. This is the day that you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you for your grace and mercy to us. We thank you for salvation through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we say thank you, Heavenly Father for sending your Son, that we might have life and that we might have joy and victory in Jesus. We pray today, Lord, for foster children as we think about those who would volunteer to serve and help. We pray for the workers of these who care for these children. We pray for our government officials as they seek to make very important decisions as they look out and have responsibility to care for these children. But you are the father of the fatherless. We thank you that they are in your hands and that you will care for them. We pray that you would help us as a church to rise to the occasion and do our part. 
in our own different ways. Show us what you'd have us to do. And we'll be willing to do it in the days ahead. So we grant and ask for grace and mercy for these children, these orphans. We ask that your will be done. That you would do your work among them. That they would be saved and come to know Jesus through the circumstances of being with people who are believers wherever they find them. Now, Lord, open our eyes to the truth of your word. Help us to learn how to end our prayers. Help us learn how to end our prayers. May we learn today what you've tried to teach us about these glorious words, and may they come to guide us in our praying. Forgive us when we are prayerless. Forgive us when we do not pray as we should. But we want you, Lord, to teach us to pray. May the Holy Spirit of God impress these words upon us for all the days ahead we have. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So our focal truth today is this, that when you pray, you praise God the Father for His kingdom, power, and glory. And how are they seen? Through the Lord Jesus Christ. We praise God in our praying as we finish our praying. We praise God the Father's kingdom, power, and glory. So let me ask you some things today. Maybe you've not thought about this. Because prayer is such a different thing for many of us. That's why we're taking the time as a church to think about, yes, we pray publicly, but I'm talking about your private prayer life. I'm asking you, how, what is the condition, <clears throat> what is the habit of your private praying? I'm not asking how your wife or your husband pray. I'm not asking how your children pray. I'm not asking how your mom and dad pray. If you're a Christian here today, if you're a follower of Jesus, I'm asking you, what is the condition? How is the habit of your praying? Oh, Pastor Mike, I'm a busy person. I have a lot to do. I don't get to pray like I should pray. I'm not trying to throw guilt on you. I'm just reminding you that the Lord says to disciples, when you pray, not if you pray. When you pray. So there is an obligation. There is a duty. There is a responsibility. If you want it, there's a command that all of us who are followers of Jesus will find a time privately alone to meet with God and to pray. How do you finish your prayers when you pray? How do you finish it? I'm really asking. How do you conclude your praying? Well, that's very important and we see it here in the disciples' prayer. We see that the Lord gives to us, this is how the church finishes prayer. This is how the church, this is how disciples finish prayer. For yours is the kingdom. We could say it this way. Yours is the power. And yours is the glory. Notice the word forever. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. This is how the church ends prayer. This is how the follower of Jesus ends prayer. Prayer. Do you praise God as a part of your praying? How much do you give to praying and praising God? Some of us think that praising God is, and it is a part of it, praising God. Well, I'll, I'll come to church and I'll be in worship and I'll sing the songs. And that's good. That's part of praise. We sing praise. But we also speak praise back to God for His glory and who He is and for His work and for all He does. This is a lesson that all of us must learn. You see, this is how you have a, listen, a relationship with God. You praise God. You praise Him. 
How do you end your prayers while well, I'm out the door? How do you end your prayers while well, I'm being distracted? I've got, I didn't get to the right place. How do you end your prayers? Well, Lord, I hope you heard this. No, this is important because the way we end our prayers helps us remember how we begin our prayers. There's much connection between the beginning of the disciples' prayer and the ending. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, and then yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory. Do you praise God as a part of your praying? Praying is praising God, but it's some other things. We've learned in this prayer of disciples, there are several elements to our praying. All right, how are you doing? There's adoration. What is the beginning of this prayer? Our Father who is in heaven. Hallowed be your name. That is, your name is honored above all names. And we speak of the Lord Jesus Christ and we break into, we break into adoration. And then there's petition. Your kingdom come is a petition, a request. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is a request. Then we ask for ourselves, give us this day our daily bread. And then we ask, forgive us of our debts. Notice this is a confession as well as a request. It's a confession. There's adoration. There's petition. We, we say, lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. So we adore God in, this pr in praying. We pray and we adore God. <clears throat> and we honor His name. We make our requests to God and we confess to God. But then we praise God. This is what the church always does. This is what God's people have done from the beginning. This is what we learn from Israel. This is what we learn from those who, who uh, believed in God and trusted by faith. The great ones of the past. And that's why I've asked you to turn to Psalm 45. As you come to prayer, what do you bring to praying? <clears throat> What do you bring to prayer? Well, I always think about bringing my hymnal and I bring my hymnal and I have my hymnal there and I have my Bible there. I don't have a devotional book from somebody else there, though I read them and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm enriched by the words of others and what they've learned about God and how they share. No, this is my time where I meet God with the word of God and I am speaking to him as a disciple, as a follower of Jesus. I'm having fellowship with God. And I meet him there, I've got my hymnal, I've got my Bible, and I'm ready to meet God. And I go to that secret place, how I look forward to it, and I say, Our Father who is in heaven. And there, there, wonderfully, God meets me, and I have a chance to be and experience heaven on earth. Why is it important to praise God? Because it helps us end our praying and begin our life in the world. So you see this private time with God is your secret hidden away time in the world where you get to go to heaven for a little while. And then you come back and you finish your praying so that you're ready to go and live and honor the Lord Jesus Christ uh, while you go to your job and work with your family and all the rest. There are three observations I want to make to you today, very similar to what Brother Scott has done and the choir have done in leading us through these various elements that end this disciple's prayer. How do Christians end their prayer? How do disciples end their prayer? For yours is the kingdom, 
Yours is the power. Yours is the glory forever. Number one, we, we're praying, Heavenly Father, your kingdom reigns from ages to ages. That's what we're praying when we say, your kingdom, yours is the kingdom. We're saying, Heavenly Father, your kingdom reigns from ages to ages. Secondly, we're praying, Heavenly Father, your power remains from ages to ages. We're saying, your kingdom reigns from ages to ages. Your kingdom, yours is the power, and then yours is the glory. And we're finally saying, Heavenly Father, your glory is revealed from ages to ages. There's a word here in verse 13 that reminds us of how important our prayers are. You see, prayer never dies. Prayer never dies. There it is. What is that under the altar? The book of Revelation says, what is that under the altar? Why, it is the prayers of the saints. God hears them all. God treasures our crying and our tears. They're kept in a bottle. There it is. God knows our hearts and our pains. He knows as we approach Him in every condition and emotion of life. Our prayers never die, dear friends. We speak to God. That is why we have John 17, the great high, high priestly prayer of the Lord Jesus never ends. The prayer never dies. It is His prayer for all of His people from every age until Jesus comes again. You see, this is why we pray this ending as a church. This is the way I end my prayers. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. So let's consider, first of all, this thought about the kingdom of God reigning and ruling forever and ever. Go to Psalm 45 now. Go over to Psalm 45 and let's use Psalm 45 for just a moment as an illustration of how we pray and praise God as we finish our praying. You see, actually prayer is answering God. The Word of God speaks. How do you do your praying? Well, <clears throat> just personal testimony for me is to hear God's Word before I speak to God about my needs. As I come into my time with God and say, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, then I pause, I pause to read a psalm. And I would recommend to all of you, look, I'm not going to assume who's in here now, your techniques and your abilities. I'm just doing some basic things here that all of us could do. All of us in this room can get our Bible and find the Psalms and just day by day read the Psalm or a portion of the Psalm as much as how much time you have because the Psalms are those places. That, this is the songbook, the, the prayer book of God's people for all the ages. The first prayer recorded in the, in the early church is Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage? And why do they, are they in an uproar against the Lord and against His anointed? It's the church praying the Psalms. And for generations and for generations, <clears throat> the church has not only sung the Psalms, but we pray the Psalms. Look, some of you don't know what to say to God. And that's understandable. You get in prayer and people have said to me, men have said to me, I, I've dealt with, worked, worked with men most of my life and around spiritual things. They said, Pastor Mike, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to say. Here's the best way. Say the words of the Psalms. Speak them to God. 
as you're there in your quiet place. Psalm 45 is what's called a, a psalm about Messiah. It's, the, it's a Messiah's psalm. This is a psalm not about a king, an earthly king being married. This is a beautiful prophecy about the Lord Jesus Christ, who is Messiah, the promised one of the Old Testament, and his, his connection and marriage to the church, the Lord Jesus Christ. There's much in it. There are many things I'd love for us to see. That's not my task today. I'm going to use Psalm 45 simply to illustrate how we can practice saying, yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory. Because we see all of those elements in Psalm 45. Psalm 45, 1, we see believers praise the eternal reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're doing. When we say, yours is the kingdom, everything is focused around the Lord Jesus Christ. God the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. God the Father is glorified only when we honor and glorify and praise and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. So when we say your, yours is the kingdom, we're saying hallelujah. The Lord Jesus eternally reigns as King of kings. So we read together <clears throat> Psalm 45. My heart overflows with a good theme. See, this is in your heart now. This is how you're ending your prayer. How can you not end your prayer well when you've said, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our debts. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us. How can you not end your prayer well? Now there's great emotion coming. Now I'm stirred. My heart overflows with a good theme. I address my verses to the King. Yes, King Lord Jesus. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Now what do I say? How intimate am I to be with the Lord Jesus? How should I speak to Him who is my King? Here it is. You, Lord Jesus, are fairer than the sons of men. You, Lord Jesus, grace is poured upon your lips. Therefore, Lord Jesus, God has blessed you forever. Gird your sword on your thigh, O mighty one. You see, yours is the kingdom. We speak to the King, our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, who has not, by the way, been revealed to the world yet. Oh, the world looks around and laughs at us. You have a king? Where is your king? The sign was put on the cross, king of the Jews. King of the Jews? <clears throat> the Jews killed him. It seems as if this king you Christians talk about, where is he? He's absent. Oh, gird on your sword, your thigh, almighty one, in your splendor and in your majesty, Lord Jesus, your kingdom come. And in your majesty, ride on victoriously for the cause of truth and meekness and righteousness. Let your hand teach you awesome things. Your arrows, Lord Jesus, are sharp. The peoples fall under you. Your arrows are in the heart of the king's enemy. This is what we say. Your kingdom reigns. Lord Jesus, you are fairer than all. Lord Jesus, you are the glorious one. You are exalted above all others. Your name is above all other names. And as John reminds us, we see grace and truth in the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace pours from his lips. 
What did the Lord say over and over in the Gospels? Someone comes and they're sick and they're dying. And what does the Lord say? Your sins are forgiven. Grace is upon his lips. What does he say to the dear man who comes who's desperate for help? And he says to him, what do you want me to do for you? Grace, grace, God's grace in the Lord Jesus Christ. There is grace poured out of the lips of the Lord Jesus Christ. The promise is this. If you will come to him, he will give you rest. Nothing but grace coming out of the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're honored to read those words in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the Gospels. So we praise God. We praise the one who is the king of the kingdom that is unstoppable, that is hidden now, but will be revealed. That's internal. You see, the kingdom of God I'm speaking to people in this room who are saying the kingdom of God has come to reign in your heart. That's why you don't live like you used to live. That's why you've changed your ways. That's why now you say Jesus is Lord. And because you say Jesus is Lord, that means you do what he says. You live the way he lived. And you seek to honor and glorify God the Father just like the Lord Jesus did. You see, this is what we do. We pray, Heavenly Father, your kingdom reigns in the Lord Jesus Christ from age to age to age to age to age. The ages and ages forever and eternity. Let your mind go beyond time and space for a moment. There is a place in time beyond time and space that is the forevers of God. The eternal day of God, your kingdom reigns forever. The Lord Jesus reigns forever. And now we start praising Him for His kingdom reign here. And when we are in heaven, we experience forever the reign of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the kingdom is eternal. It's internal, but it's heavenly and it's earthly. That's why we now pray, Your kingdom come. We pray for the Lord to put on the sword for him to come again with that sword as John describes it coming out of his mouth. For him to come in judgment <clears throat> to finish what has not been done here. But then we pray, Heavenly Father, your power remains from ages to ages. Notice now in uh, Psalm 45 verse 6. Your throne. Now I'm still praying. I'm praising the Lord Jesus in my praying. Your throne. This is all I say to him. I don't have to explain it to him. I speak the word of God to him in my praying. Your throne, O God, Lord Jesus, is forever and ever. You, O Lord Jesus, your throne is forever and ever. Verse 6, a scepter of uprightness. That's what you have as king. The powerful scepter. The sept, a scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. This is His power. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you. He has anointed you. Notice, therefore, God has blessed you, verse 2. Now we find again, we discover in verse number 7, therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of joy above your fellows. This is how we pray and speak with the Lord Jesus Christ. We honor Him for His power. We honor Him for His power, my friends. He's described here as having this scepter. The one who has 
What did these Jews continue to say when they saw the Lord Jesus heal? Who is this that even forgives sin? Who is this that can cast out demons? Who is this who can heal the sick? Who is this one with this power? Who is this one who, when we read the word of God in the gospels, a woman comes believing that she would be healed, touched his garment, and he stopped and said, who touched me? Because he sensed the power of God come out of him. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ is the power of God to salvation to whomever believes. And all of us in this room who are saved, you've been saved and changed not because you made up your mind to be different, but because the Lord Jesus has changed you by His power. That's why you think differently. That's why you act differently. That's why you live differently. That's why you have a different set of emotions and desires. You are living by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yours is the kingdom, but yours is the power. This was the promise to every believer. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Why is it, my Christian friends, that some of us live without any power in our lives? How is it that we can live feeling like such failures? How is it that we can allow sin to dominate and overcome us? How is it we can be so frail and and feel so uh, intimidated by the world rather than live in the power of God. All of those things are contrary to the gospel and to the promises of God. The Holy Spirit of God, if you are saved, has come to possess you. Now release yourself to trust and live by the power of God. Watch His leading in your life. Go with, go with what He says for you to do. When I meet God in prayer, I am admitting that I am powerless. When I meet God, and I have to do it every day. I am a powerless man. I have no ability to keep myself out of sin on my own. I cannot do it without the help of God. I must pray every day. It must be as an essential as, essential as a habit in my life as eating and as sleeping. I must pray because I rely upon the power of God. And this is what I'm praying for our church. That you, like Paul said to the Ephesians, will discover the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that is released in your life. My friends, when you say yours is the kingdom, Lord Jesus, you are reigning king. You're also saying you are the one with all power. I rely upon your power. I live in your power. I overcome difficulties and the devil by your power. The saddest thing, you see, when I'm powerless, it's because I'm prayerless. When I'm powerless, it's because I'm prayerless. I've not spent any time saying to the Lord, Lord, I need your power. Your throne, oh God, is for... I go to the throne of grace and I ask for help, for power. But then we pray, Heavenly Father, your glory be revealed or is revealed from ages to ages. By the way, kingdom reign forever and ever, forever and ever, ages upon ages. Power of God through the Lord Jesus forever and ever, ages unto ages. We do not think enough about eternity 
Are the things you're living for worth Christ dying for? Are the things that you are caught up in, are you setting things in heaven? Are you reserving in heaven those things that will be honorable for eternity? Are you wasting your time on the foolishness of this world? Well, you see, I'm praying your glory is revealed from ages to ages. Look now in Psalm 45. Look at the glory of the Lord Jesus. Your garments. These are the kingly garments. Your garments are fragrant with myrrh and aloes and cassia. There is a scent and glory. There's a smell about the glory of the Lord Jesus in the temple. This was why the incense were flowing. This is why it's tied to praying. There was this beautiful picture of out of the ivory palaces, stringed instruments have made you glad. Then we see the glory that comes with the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 13, the king's daughter is all glorious within. Her clothing is interwoven with gold. She will be led to the king in, <clears throat> in embroidered work. The virgins, her companions who follow her will be brought to you. They will be led forth with gladness and rejoicing and they will enter into the king's palace. Oh, the blessed, wonderful, great day when we will sit and celebrate as the church joined to our Lord Jesus forever and ever. And the marriage supper of the Lamb comes and our King. You see, this is the beautiful relationship between Jesus Christ, the King, and His church. What glory there is. How is the glory of God best seen beyond the person of Jesus Christ? Are you listening? Through the church. Through the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We see the glory of God in Jesus Christ, but we also see the glory of God through the church, through what happens in our lives and what we do. So today, consider the glory of God, my friends. Consider that the glory of God is seen in the church, the Lord Jesus. So what do we remember today? Well, it's good to praise the Lord. I've tried to illustrate it today. You'll be better off praising God as you end your prayers than stomping off after you end your prayers. You'll be better off if you praise the Lord as you end your prayers. It will put you in the right frame of mind to go to your other tasks for the day. Oh, by the way, it'll help you sleep better at night. It'll help you sleep better at night. When you finish your day, when you finish your day, how about pausing and saying, turn off your devices. That'd be a really good, you'll sleep better if you turn your devices off. Turn your devices off. And there in that place, while you're there in your bed, there in that place, pause for a moment and say, Lord, has my life honored you today? Have I honored you the way you want me to do? Have I done today, Lord, what you want me to do? You all know today you only have so many days, right? You know that. You're not going to live forever here. You only have so many days. You have a birthday and a death day. When you end your day, you say, Lord... Has my life counted for your cause today? And then you say, yours is the kingdom, Lord Jesus. Yours is the power and yours is the glory. I will give glory with my lips. This is the way Paul said it. Paul said, through him, let us continually offer up the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. It's good to praise the Lord. Praising God is our act 
of sacrifice to God. And praising God is accepting the will of God. You see, that's what I say. Lord, I am praising you regardless of what you're putting me through. I am praising you regardless of what you're putting me through. I am praising you regardless of what you're putting me through. I don't understand, but I am praising you. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. To the praise of the glory of His grace, the Lord Jesus is near to the door, and we pray, come, Lord Jesus.